Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Interesting, as we wrap up this first uh, full week of October training, uh, there's a lot of volatility. I think that is going to be the key word that we're going to be using uh, throughout today's show. We're going to talk about what's going on with the feds, the dollar happening um Really hard for these markets to generate momentum. Those words from Sean Hackett. He's with Hackett Financial Advisors. And let's start out there. It is really hard. I mean, the volatility right now, I think, is going to be the key word. I mean, I think just look at the wheat market, which is one of your more international grain markets. You know, it was up around 949.50. Now we're down at eight, you know, 875, 880, you know, just flopping all over the place based upon Russian news and, and, Weather and I mean it, it's and it's and by the way, wheat's been doing this for weeks and months now, just flopping all over in these big ranges, um, and 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 so I, it's it's people look at the strong dollar, people look at the declining stock market, people look at the Fed, people look at the economy, what appears which appears to be in deceleration mode, and and you're supposed to be bearish commodities, and I think the days they wake up feeling that way they sell, but then they look at how tight supplies are and they look at more aberrant weather and then they look at some of the geopolitics the potential for war which historically has been very bullish for commodities and on those days when they're concerned about those things they come in and buy and i think that's where your dividing line between the volatility is coming in you don't know which side to really play and so it just depends on what mood you wake up on in terms of the capital flowing in or the capital flowing out and i'm not eventually that'll clear up but it's it's going to take some time Susan's could take some time. Well, we got looming the feds um, with their next set of uh, meetings around the corner. And we know that definitely has a weighing in factor on these grains and livestock. These last few meetings have been devastating for, for asset markets, stocks, commodities, bonds. I mean, they've just been devastating, especially the last one when everyone thought that he would do what he did. And then everyone thought he would say, yeah, we're going to back off. And instead, what he says, we're going to keep doing this and we don't care what happens we we think severe and ongoing economic pain is 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 required to put inflation back in the bottle and, and and then the market said wow he sounds like he's serious i mean i don't think we've ever heard i guess this volcker i don't think that we've heard a, a fed chairman be that strong and so i have to believe we're going to see some selling heading into this next fed meeting because if you know the last couple of um, meetings has been very painful if uh you know if you went into it too long or too bullish so can we say, though, that there is a little bit of a bright news when we look at the strong uh, job numbers that came out today? Well, we don't want the economy to crash. At the same time, we don't want the Fed <laughs> to keep raising interest rates and keep pulling liquidity. Like, what we want is, we want they, they call it the soft landing. We want the economy to soften enough to stop them what they're doing, but not so much that we head into an 08, 09 financial, you know, disaster. I mean, we... we so that that's that's the that's the hope of everyone and whether that can actually be pulled off. But I always think economic, you know, stronger economic activity is good, but not if it keeps forcing the Fed to raise three quarters of a point every single meeting, you know. Looking at the strength of the dollar, um, I know that I was reading earlier today about the quietness that has been happening within these export numbers and, and some blaming it because our dollar is too strong at this point. You know, the history of a strong dollar and 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 pricing our price, you know, our products um, at a premium to international, which is where we are, always does that. Um, you know, so if you look at the corn export numbers, well below what is required if we're to meet the USDA's estimates for 
annual export demand. You know, so so that doesn't mean it can't recover, but you know, it it, it can't be that way for too long, or else you're going to have to start lowering demand numbers, which means those ending stocks, which everyone has been looking at, are going to improve, and we're not going to be as tight as we think we are, and that's that's the risk. The longer the dollar stays strong, and the longer we're uncompetitive with the world. And the longer those exports remain too low, the more we're going to have to be adding ending stocks in future U.S. day reports. How much longer can we stay this quiet, though, on export numbers, uh, knowing that China, for example, is looking at other countries versus U.S. brand new new crop coming in out of the field crops? I kind of feel right now uh, everyone is sitting there hoping and praying that South America, especially Brazil, can have a big crop. I think as long as their weather looks good and I th- and everyone th- sees the prospects for big crops for both soybeans and corn, I think the buyers will do what they have to to not try to panic buy uh, premium prices from the U.S. Now, you get a weather issue, you get anything that says, you know what, those top-end crops are off the table yet again, um, You know, then you can see the panic button get hit very, very quickly. And usually, that determination is made, as you know, in that December, January timeframe. And so I think for now, the exports can remain backed up, but it can't remain backed up for much for, for much beyond that time frame if weather becomes an issue. Well, we're definitely seeing that, that weather issue, though, when we look to Argentina and the struggles they're having. Definitely very poor weather there, uh, kind of a repeat of last year. Uh, you know, southern Brazil also not looking very good. As you know, that's where they grow a good portion of soybeans, at least in the south. Um, the good rains we've had in central north, central west, you know, that's been fantastic. That's kept the market from worrying too much about it. But obviously, if we go too far into that December time frame I just mentioned, and we're still looking at dry south uh, Brazil, dry Argentina, I think the market's going to have to start to react a little bit. Um, but for now, I think the market will be comfortable saying we're still harvesting here in the U.S. You know, we're at 20 percent as of Monday. We, you know, we're. So fresh supplies are coming in. We don't need to push the panic button just quite yet. Yeah, no kidding. Let's hold off that hand on that big red button. Well, stick around. Stick around, folks. We do have a lot more coming up as we continue with this Friday version of the Fontenelle Final Bell. We come back. We're going to talk a little bit more about that volatility we've been talking about already in the first half. We know that there is some uh, global issues that are having that can and will weigh in on the trade. Will it weigh to the positive or the negative? We'll find out more. We'll get an update on the livestock side as well. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield, continuing our conversation this afternoon with Sean Hackett. He's with Hackett Financial Advisors. And we talk about volatility definitely being the key word of today. And you and I were talking before we started this program. And I think you gave me the most optimistic utilization of words when we talk about the global issues happening with all these different countries. And you called it the global altercation. And I think that really does describe it in a nutshell. Let's leave it as an altercation versus what some others in the media are kind of putting a heavy feel to it. But looking at that, what does that mean for our markets on, a, on an agricultural side? Well, if we take all this conflict and we take it beyond a regional level, which it's been up to this point, and we take it on a global level, then we start going down the road of disrupt trade flows again that we had, did, you know, that we had during covid uh, we start going down the road of government spending 
uh, on the rails again, like we did during COVID. We start looking at central banks having to accommodate that expending with printed money, which is what we did with COVID. I think if you see where I'm going with this, like it would almost be a repeat of COVID, but for a different reason for a global conflict instead of a you know, mitigation of a virus. And we know that that ended up being pretty wildly disruptive and inflationary to um, you know commodity markets overall, and especially key food commodities. And so I, and when you look through history, World War One, World War Two, the Civil War, go down the list of all these wars that have been out there, and you look at commodity prices during those periods of time, and they all pretty much went straight up for those reasons. And so, you know, I'm not wishing that. You know, I sure hope we find a way to have a peaceful end to all of this. But if that's what we're going to head into, I do think the net outcome for that is going to be, at least for commodity inflation, a significant increase in commodity inflation as a result of that. That's what history tells us to be on the lookout for. And obviously uh, closely watching and that having an effect on export opportunities because there's maybe some nervousness out there as well. Well, there's always some people that know what's going to happen before it happens. Susan, I'm not sure how that happens, but I mean, there's always someone in the know. Now I'm not one of them, but uh, if those that are in the know start to sense that we're moving towards this global altercation and are worrying about trade flows breaking down or not being able to get their supplies from everyone they want, yes, I think we would start to see a significant pickup in exports ahead of that escalation. So I think that's something to be on the lookout for. If we all of a sudden see exports out of the U.S. picking up for no apparent reason, it might be a signal that we're moving to some kind of a an escalation point here. So. Before we head over to the livestock, real quick, uh, the talk of some possible rains to those folks in the in the southern tier. What are you hearing, especially when it comes to this winter wheat possibilities? Um, you know, definitely the southern plains like Oklahoma, you know, like Kansas, parts of Texas are getting some rains, needed rains. It's helping the plantings. It's going to help winter wheat go, you know, kind of go into dormancy in, in pretty good shape. We're still missing out a little bit uh, on some areas further north than that. But I would say the overall picture, the way from what I'm seeing right now, looks markedly better than what we saw last year. Um, and, you know, our weather forecast for next year is that we're moving into an El Nino spring summer, 2023 versus a La Nina. And that would be a very productive, wet spring for winter wheat coming out of dormancy. And so if we can get enough acres in in good shape, we do have the potential for finally, you know, having a, 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 a credible crop that we just have not been able to get here for the last couple of years. All right, let's look at this dairy industry. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on where we're moving right now heading into this month of October? We've had the longest string of negative global production growth ever. Um, the only entity or the only country that's increasing production is the U.S., um, so when I look over, what, what I see is everyone's worried about U.S. production being too high, building up some cheese stocks. And so there's a lot of bearishness in the dairy market right now. But when I look out over into Europe, when I look out over into New Zealand, where production is strongly negative, and I see China starting to buy more aggressively again, we're going to be the only supplier of choice for that shortfall. And so I'm more optimistic than many that 
this big decline we've had over the summer that we correctly forecasted is really already factored in all that negative news. And I think we're setting up for some kind of a you know, move higher. In fact, we, we are off the lows and we have been moving higher, albeit in a very volatile trade. So I'm optimistic we're going to have better prices into the end of the year. Um, and, and we're going to confound a lot of the bears out there who are not thinking that's going to happen. Interesting times that we are in the marketings. If they want to find out more information about what we talked about today or uh, get a hold of your newsletter and get on that list, what do they need to do, Sean? Our website is the best place at Hackett, H-A-C-K-E-T-T, advisors.com. We have lots of information that tell people what we do, why we do it, to see if what the way we look at markets might be of value to your listeners. All right. That has been today's Fontenelle Final Bell. As always, commodity futures and options involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. That's the Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.